It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Good evening, everybody. It's that time again, and welcome to the Arena Bowl Tuesday version of This Week in the AFL. I am Eric Watkins, I'm going to be piloting the ship tonight, but don't you worry, not flying solo, I have beside me Mr. Connor Aikman. Connor, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Eric, how about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Had a couple of weird balls thrown at me today, but thankfully I was able to make a couple circus catches, get everything arranged. (laughs) Always good. So... As we creep up on the 30th championship game of the Arena Football League, it's around the time to where the league announces the postseason awards. We've already mm-hmm. heard Playmaker of the Year, Kendrick Ings, deservedly. We have just named Receiver of the Year. Let me go and look back at that. Uh, Joe Hills, I believe, right? Mm, that's right, Joe Hills. Yep. I wanted to make sure because I have my notes a little bit scattered here. But again, with what he's done with the record-breaking touchdown streak, deserved. But there are a few other awards left to be dealt out here. So we're going to be spending tonight's episode talking about those. Now, first starters, let's get with what's already out of the way. Playmaker of the Year. Now, Kendrick Ings, part of an immensely talented receiving core in Tampa Bay, and also Mm -hmm. a major driving force on special teams. I'm somewhat uncertain about who the other candidates were, because to me, Ings kind of won this going away. Oh, same here. Uh, Of course, I had to chance to watch him all season long kick returning uh much improved this year you know he returned kicks last year for the storm Mm -hmm. uh big time improvement this year and of course he was even more of a threat as a wide receiver so uh, i'm trying to see uh, is there somewhere that lists the candidates or i don't think i don't think they gave us a list but no i uh, haven't seen him i can definitely see i mean it's a perfect award for him because you know like we said, kick returning and wide receiver. He can do it all. He had a couple onside kicks that he returned back. He had balls off the net. He had long, uh, amazing catches in the end zone for touchdowns. Actually, just won in the playoff game, I remember, against Cleveland. So, you know, pretty fitting for him to win that one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And if you look at his totals, especially the kick return came and in all-purpose yards, I mean, it was him going far away now what's really intriguing is with him winning playmaker of the year 
I would think he was also in contention with Joe Hills for receiver of the year as well. I would think so. Joe Hills, uh, no, set the AFL record 81 consecutive games with a receiving touchdown, which is pretty crazy. But um, uh, I'm not sure who else was on the wide receiver list of the year. Uh, I'm trying to look now. But um, I can see, uh, yeah, Kendrick Kings for sure uh, could be in consideration for that. But I think the playmaker one fits him better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm actually looking Kendrick. Yeah, sorry, uh, Kendrick Kings four touchdown uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns this year. That's the most in his three years. And uh, as far as receiving, 22 touchdowns for Kendrick Kings. So yeah, he's up there, Um, over 2,300 yards. So I'm sorry, 1,100 yards, 2,300 in his career. But yeah, playmaker for sure for him. I, I would. I like the call for I like the pick with Joe Hills as the, for the receiver. Absolutely, because I mean, even if you look at teams with Philadelphia, yes, you have McDaniel and SK. You look at Cleveland, mm-hmm. Quinton Sims. It's just you take away Hills from Randy Hippard, you take away a big portion of that offense. I mean, yes, you can still piecemeal a lot together, but. Hills was obviously signed to be the focal point, and he came through in spades. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you mean the Storm were 2-14 and 14 last year. Joe Hills was, the, which was Jacksonville, of course. And then, you know, they go 10-4 and four this year, and it's the second greatest statistical turnaround in AFL history. So, I mean, I don't want to – it's not a one-man team, but it's uh, <laughs> he has a lot to do with the Storm's success for sure. Oh, yeah, we're going pretty close, and that kind of segues to some of the other offensive awards. Now, as it's been with the AFL, and I'm sure you know this, you being one of the top media guys covering this league for a long time, the league has gone into a pattern of, okay, your best quarterback, MVP. Your second best quarterback, Offensive Player of the Year. Now, given the race that developed throughout the season between Dan Rodabaugh and Randy Hippard, are we going to see this again? Or could potentially Joe Hills throw a little bit of wrench into that and pick up yet another award being one of those two? That's a solid question. I have, uh, I have my notes here on Hippard and Rodaball for MVP. You know the cases for MVP, but you know I already I have Joe Hills as a possible, uh, you know, offensive player of the year. Can he be the MVP? It's a tough, it's a tough uh, call. I think it's a quarterback-driven league for sure. Um, so I I think it's going to stay quarterbacks for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, but I can I can see Hills. Uh, certainly making a case for, you know, MVP of the league, 100%. Yes, because, again, with Hippard, even though he had his first full healthy season, thankfully in quite some time, what he was able to do piloting that offense completion percentage was just way up there. Again, he looked early and often to Joe Hills with, Ings and Lamarck Brown sort of being secondary and tertiary, but right. 
I'm always curious because, again, with Joe Hills and even the situation late in the regular season, with the suspension, with mm-hmm. going to Jacksonville in the NAL, he still came back and didn't miss a beat. I would hope that that factors in a little bit. I mean, even if he winds up finishing third. Absolutely. I agree with that completely. Um, the situation, the suspension situation was very odd. What week was that that he left? I uh, have it somewhere down on here that he... Uh, he he wasn't really actually was he suspended? I don't I don't think he was ever officially suspended by the league. Or maybe he missed the one game. I think you're right. Actually, he was. Mm-hmm. I know. So he missed two games total. Was it? I mm-hmm. because check. it was yep. the one game that he played for Jacksonville, which was actually right. their right. semifinal. And then he missed that following. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. So that was an odd situation, but um, you know, I I agree with you. Uh, he should be right up there for MVP. Yeah. And, and, and this is something that, even if you look at the quarterbacks, really one through about seven, factoring in the different quarterbacks you had in Baltimore and Washington, okay, you could make a case for Arvell Nelson getting a few votes for what he did once he became the man again for the Gladiators. You can even make a case for Shane Carden, who Stephen and I have discussed on past episodes, Rookie of the year going away. I think he mm-hmm. would get a couple of votes, but I mean, beyond that, there are a couple quarterbacks with the way that they played. I would take Joe Hills over them just about any day of the week. Absolutely. Agree. Uh, those those ones you just mentioned, Arvell Nelson with Cleveland, um, looking at the rest, and I don't see anyone beating Hills on here, so, you know, I, I agree. Yeah, and... Kind of tying into that, we mentioned Shane Carden. It's is it still a formality at this point? Are there going to be any other surprises for Rookie of the Year? Because for what he did, going and taking over for Cartwright at the beginning of the season, and how Baltimore performed, leading an upset over Philadelphia, breaking their undefeated streak. And mm-hmm. even though he went out with a concussion, ended his season prematurely, they weren't quite the same even going with the playoffs. It, I don't know if any other rookies had come close to having that much of an impact as he did. No, I completely agree. Uh, he has my vote going away um, for that award. I'm looking at his numbers now, and they're really not too... I mean, he has 3,100 yards to Hippert's 3,600, 63 touch. I mean, his numbers are right there with Hippert's, to be honest, with, with the exception of the interceptions. He has double the amount of interceptions. But, I mean, you know, going away, he's the rookie of the year. Baltimore, you know, expansion team. I got to go out there for the storm. I believe it was week five. Uh, it was kind of a interesting atmosphere. Um, <laughs> you know, the fans, were still, the fans were still trying to learn the game, really, to be honest with you. They didn't know what was going on for the first two quarters. It was getting really loud at the, in the final quarter when it was coming down <laughs> to it. But um, it was an interesting atmosphere for sure. But no, Carden, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, and I mean, to, to me, there's no doubt. It's normally you've got a little bit of a race. I mean, 
We obviously could see that on defense because with scoring going down as it did for the most part of this season, very few teams were able to put up 60 in a game. You even rarely Mm -hmm. saw 70. So it really hasn't been like the past couple of years. So who are some of the top defensive guys that you're seeing as far as getting awards? I'm looking, I've been looking all night, really. <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> I don't know, have you come up with anybody? Because I can, I have a, uh, I'm looking for names, and I just, I just, such an offense, I mean, offense, 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 that's all I, um, I'm looking at tackles and interceptions, and I don't, I mean, certainly not anybody on the Storm, you know, who I most familiar with um no i mean but i'm interested to see what names you have do you have any names at all well i was thinking more philadelphia have guys like gooseby or going up in baltimore for coming up what he did late in this season varmasoni those are guys i would say and i would like to see them get some recognition for what they did i agree alvin ray jackson here had a nice season in tampa bay um Looking at a couple DBs. Yeah, I. It's tough. It's a tough award because, you know, there's not much defense played, let's be honest. So, that's a tough one. Yeah, and it really is. And aside from those, I mean, okay, maybe you would have even in Cleveland at linebacker Frederick Obi, but while there is a little bit more defense this year and years past, there's been no real key names that have really distinguished mm-hmm. themselves. No, I'm uh, I'm really stuck on this one. I'll have to look at it more, honestly. Um, but I'm, uh, I agree with some of the names you said. I'm stuck, though, for the most part. I really am. Yeah. It's one I'm... war that I can't get, can't figure out. Well, well, trust me, you're not alone. I mean, I was sitting there racking my brain and trying to figure Mm -hmm. out everyone, even to see, okay, maybe try to throw the Valor a little bit of a bone, but uh, that was even harder sledding. (laughs) So I just would love to be a fly on the wall when the league decides, okay, who's defensive player of the year, because it's, it's a surprisingly crowded absolutely i'm looking at tracy belton in washington let's see five interceptions okay he's on here on the first day uh on the uh all arena team so i mean he's in there but that's about it for washington really (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that i mean it's a tough one. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's kind of sad because you look at Washington, a two-win team. I mean, do you think that would take something away from Tracy Belton? Because five picks for that kind of a defense was pretty meaningful. Absolutely. Um, like you said, two-win team. Uh, him winning that award might be the highlight of their season, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at the rest of this. Uh, um, all arena first team. Uh, da, 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 da. Tracy Belton, Dwayne Hollis is on there for the soul, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, whew, that one has me stumped. It really does. Well, I mean, hey, 
Oh, yeah, I, I completely forgot about Dwayne Hollis. It's, oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, I think there's really no surprise and very few wrong answers for this one. But as I see, you do have the uh, first team all arena in front of you. I do. I'm looking at Dwayne Hollis, seven picks this year. Two of them are in for, return for touchdowns, so not bad. No, uh, not I'm, bad I am looking. No, I am looking at the first team, yes, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's let's try to go through, because I would guess who would be first team quarterback. I mean... It is I Randy Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Thought so. I was thinking yeah. to myself, I'm just like, I could see potential for Radabaugh, but with Hippard and how he did, as you said, 3,600 yards and incredibly high completion percentage, I think, wasn't it mid to upper 60s? It was, let me look at for the percentage. Hipper, though, led the entire league in three categories. Total offense, 36-26. Mm-hmm. Passing touchdowns with 82. And passing yards, 35-06. Uh, so that's three categories he led the Arena League in this year. Um, let me see what his, uh, I'm not positive, his completion percentage. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh Eight inter- I was actually looking at his stats from last year when he was with Orlando, mm-hmm. and he nearly doubled all three of them. The pa- the total offense, passing touchdowns, and passing yards. Like, just a total... I mean, he nearly doubled all of them. So, I mean, outstanding season from him. Let's look at completion percentage. 66.4. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. was spot on, because I know he's usually between a 65 and 70, and again... I knew when Tampa Bay had brought him in, I thought to myself, okay, if he can stay upright and healthy, which he did, and he had to run a little bit too, this could be a very dynamic team, and this just proves it. Now, I'm hoping for wide receivers, Joe Hills, I would obviously put him first team all arena. I I would kind of consider Quentin Sims as well, Maybe even T.T. Tolliver from Washington, so... Neither of those guys. Uh, Sims is on the second team. Really? Uh, he is, and I don't see T.T. Tolliver on either team. Surprisingly. Wow. Yeah, I do not... I'm, I'm looking, scanning again. Uh, no, no T.T. Tolliver. I think he did have, by his standards... Uh, a down year. I mean, it didn't help. He was playing on the worst team in the league. Uh, no, of course, I he mean, played on the worst team in the league last year with the Storm. So Yeah, and, and I mean, it's a, it's a big difference when you have, and no disrespect to Sean Brackett, but when you have him throwing to you, you got to do with what you can. Right. Yeah, no Tolliver on either the first or the second team. Let's see. 524 yards, 12 touchdowns for Tolliver this year. So, and for comparison, he had 25 touchdowns with the Storm last year. So half, half the touchdowns, half the yardage, and less than half the amount of receptions. So really, he he, he had a down year. He really did. Yeah, you feel bad, and especially for what he's done in his career closing in on 15,000 yards and you look at Mm -hmm. all the span of professional all the professional football you're talking top five all time in that category oh yeah yep it it, it's a little bit of a shame 
It is. And like I said, it, uh, being on the a bad team didn't help. But, uh, you know, I don't think he's too worried about being on the first or second team this year, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, because his career goes much further than that. But much further. Oh, absolutely. And looking, kind of rounding out the first team, Randy Hippard, Michael Benson, Joe Hills, no surprises there. Darius Reynolds, Kendrick Ings, again, no surprises mm-hmm. there. Ray McNeil, Wayne Tribune, and Anthony Parker along the offensive line. Now, Parker? Ah. Kind of confused about because I know between Eric Meyer, Brackett, uh, a lot of those quarterbacks were getting not so much beat up, beat up a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to try that to be surprising. nice, but they were like, hey, they got beat up a bit throughout this season. But I'm wondering if each team just had to have a representative on there because I'm look. if you look at it, yeah, it's Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. I mean, the, the entire, there's two Washington players and one Baltimore on the entire first team all arena. The rest is all, you know, so. Yeah. And then you see Cleveland, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys themselves on the second team. So, I mean. And none on the first. No, which which I find a little bit weird, but considering what they did and they did manage to finish with the three seed, I'm like, okay. Kind of a little quirk there, but definitely kudos to them. And. This kind of shows, and this is another one of those things that Steven and I have talked about. Imagine if Arvell Nelson were given the reins again week one like he should have been. It may have been a different season for sure. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Um, He was very, I know his numbers don't really show it in the playoff game here last week in Tampa. But he was impressive. He threw one pick, and it was on the final play of the game. It was just one of those, uh, you know, Hail Mary. The the game was over, and that was his only pick. But we actually, all of us at the game, were very impressed with him uh, during that game. So, you know, you're right. (laughs) I think it would have been a different season for them. Yeah, because, I mean, even with that, yes, they struggled, but they still managed to get to 5-9. and Hung mm-hmm. tough with Tampa Bay for really three quarters in their semifinals, so you figure even if you would just split those two opening games, that's at the very least six and eight, maybe even seven and seven, and then who knows? Right. Um, looking at his numbers now, I mean, how many games did he end up playing total for them? Let's see. I want to say 12 because it was Shane Boyd in the opener, then Tanner Mm -hmm. Marsh, then finally Arvell Nelson the rest of the season. Okay. And, you know, Arvell Nelson completed 64% of his passes, 61 touchdowns. So, huh. Yeah, I mean, mean, Gladiators kind of take note because... You've got something good. Just leave it to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, next year starter. For sure. <laughs> if, yeah. And now, as we are wrapping up, uh, 
we're going to wrap up the show tonight. Two things to kind of bring everything in perspective. We mentioned it earlier. The MVP race. Mm-hmm. Who do you see winning? And also, who do you see as Offensive Player of the Year? Okay, all biases aside, I have Randy Hippard uh, mm-hmm. as the MVP. Uh, like, the, 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 the three stats I gave you earlier, you know, leading the league in total offense, passing touchdowns, and passing yards, uh, doubling his stats. Uh, the, it's something about Hippard I actually want to point out. The last... The comeback wins, I mean... Mm-hmm. There was, I have four written down here, and that's just off the top of my head. Uh, Cleveland twice, on the road yep. at Baltimore, and on the road at Washington. Uh, I mean, all five, all four of those games. Last, I mean, we're talking the last minute of the game. One minute warning. He leads the storm to win all five, all four of those games. And there was there was more, but uh, that was something we didn't see from Hippard uh, in the past when he was first with the storm. <laughs> Not at all. His first go around with the storm. So, um, you know, only eight interceptions. It, it's Hippard for me. The MVP for me is Randy Hippard, and then Offensive Player of the Year, I have Joe Hills for. I mean, the eighty-one consecutive games with the touchdown. That's a record. Um, you know, he's just too much of a threat not to do it. I, I he's. He, I think it's. Um, I don't even think it's really that close, to be honest with you. So, Hippard, MVP, Rodeball makes a great case. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers, too. Threw a couple more interceptions than Hippard. He's beaten Hippard uh, all, every time he's faced him, I believe. But, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Randy Hippard, MVP, and Joe Hill's Offensive Player of the Year. Now, before I give say that I definitely have to agree with you, and again following Tampa Bay myself, all biases aside, you bring up an interesting point with Hip- with Rodabaugh. He's beaten Hippard every time he's faced him this season, but yep. there was one thing that I noticed with Rodabaugh, especially toward from the middle of the season on, he kind of fixed it towards the end, Rodabaugh was prone to very slow starts. There were a lot of games this season to where those first two, three series of the game, he wasn't connecting with receivers. He felt rushed, overthrew, underthrew, miscommunication, and those led to some of his interceptions. Whereas with Hippard, miles different from what you saw when he was first with the Storm, and Mm. I think even further improved than what we saw in Orlando. And that was when he was completing over 70% of his passes that season before he went down with injury. So with this, knowing, okay, how can I execute with these patterns? How can I get the ball to Joe Hills? But can I also sprinkle in my other talented receivers to whereas, okay, they can't just try to double or put extra help on hills and then it gets me stuck I can run when I have to he had much much better decision making beginning to end and even with going down with an ACL injury he wasn't fear he wasn't fearful very fearless in his return back 
No, you're absolutely right. And I, Hippard, everything around him was better this year. The mm-hmm. coaching, mm-hmm. the receivers, Kendrick Ings, Mike Lindsay, Lamarck Brown. I mean, the talent, just everything around him was better. So that made him better. And mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I look at Rodabaugh and, you know, that his team just has one loss. He's probably he's probably on the better team, um, you know, if you go strictly by the numbers. But his numbers, I was I was looking at Dan Rodabal, not nearly as good this year as twenty as fifteen and sixteen. So you know, but still great. So um, it's close. It's definitely close. But um, uh, you know, you made good points as well. So I I think it's Randy Hippard. Yeah, and and it's I have to make that same case for even with offensive player of the year. Dan Rodabaugh, with the good core, bringing back just about everybody, with a good coach in Clint Alzell, and that'll be the last award that we get to before I ask you one big question and then we wrap things up. He had those sort of measured expectations. Okay, this is what we've seen. This is what you can do. So we figure, oh, you can go ahead and do this. Just like a lot of people thought Philadelphia was going to be a good team. This dominant? Maybe not exactly, but coming up like that under the pressure, I think Joe Hills did just a little bit better. He was signed with Tampa Bay to be the number one target. He had the weight of the streak knowing that he could break the record coming into this season, broke the record, and it's still counting. So I think with Hills, it's those sort of extra intangibles, like I give to Hipper for MVP, I have to use those intangibles to give him Offensive Player of the Year. You're right, and I totally agree. Uh, you know, he wasn't. He came here to be the number one receiver. He was the number one receiver, not only on the Storm, but in the entire league. And, um, you know, it's. I, I'm not going to hold the... Uh, I know there was some controversy at the time with him, mm-hmm. you know, l- leaving his team in the middle of a playoff race or, you know, you know, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, yeah. Everything, uh, everything points to him. So B- believe me, I have my own rumors and theories about that. Knowing Jacksonville, knowing Tampa Bay, right. but that's for a different show entirely. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, Finally, to wrap up with the awards, Coach of the Year. Now, again, with respective biases, we were trying to be objective, but I said at the beginning of the season, Ron James is very capable. You give him a stable situation with a stable front office and a lot of talent, let him see what he can do, look what he did. Whereas with Clint Alzell, it's kind of been, you know, rather, or lather, rinse, repeat. Well, you know, I <laughs> I cover the storm, you know, I'm closest to the storm, and now everyone's, I, my three awards are all three. Uh, Randy Hippert, MVP, Joe Hill's wide receiver of the year, and I'm going also with Coach Ron James as <laughs> coach of the year. You know, 20 seasons in the Arena Football League, and this is mm-hmm. his first Arena Football, or excuse me, Arena Bowl appearance so uh, you know he complete watching the storm last year the last 
just even small things like time management at, at mm-hmm. the end of games and it's so noticeably different and better and improved that it's um I have to give it to Ron James. I mean, he's a great guy. I gotten to I've gotten pretty close with him in interviews and such uh, post game and things like that. Uh he's really likable guy. Uh he knows he knows what he's talking. He knows the game of arena football like mm-hmm. nobody I've ever seen. I mean, it, it's just so. It's Ron James, well deserved after all these years to get to the Arena Bowl finally. Uh, so, it, it, yeah. especially the catastrophe that was Portland. I mean, bless Oof. him for going through that, <laughs> and at the very least, even making them semi-competitive. But I mean, just wow. <laughs> yep. So. And now, the big question. We're sitting here. We are five days away. And I have to ask, Arena Bowl 30, who you got? I am... I'm picking the soul. Um, (laughs) After all the praises I just gave the Storm, uh, I just... The home field advantage. The soul owned the storm all time. It's a fifteen to five, the all time series. The last time the storm won in Philly, I'm not. I have. They haven't beaten them all, since 2012. I know that, or t- 2014. One of the two. Let me. I think I got to mix. Maybe it was 2014 the last time they beat them. But 2012 was the last time in Philadelphia. One of the two. But the point is, it's been forever. They historically own the storm. I think it's just. It's too much. The Storm played them three times this year. Uh, the third one being the closest, but still, it was like a double-digit defeat, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me double-check. Uh, it was, yeah. So, uh, I think it's just too much. For the Storm, huge, huge uh, strides this year. You know, um, I'm giving them every postseason award I can. <laughs> But I, it's just not enough for me to pick them to win the game. I, I don't. I think it'll be close to the first half and the the soul pull away. I, I do. I didn't. didn't I was asked because I can't just let you go with that. It's being someone who covers the storm, and I was someone at the beginning of the season. I thought Tampa Bay Philly was going to be the matchup. I just thought it was going to be at Amelie Arena. Mm. Throw me a bone at the very least. Are there any ways? I can see ways to where they have a chance of pulling it off. Are you? Do you see those same things? I can absolutely. I can see a. You know, I can definitely see. A, there's definitely a chance. I'm not gonna. They're not gonna go in there and get crushed like last last year's playoff game against the Soul. But um, I, it's just. It's tough for me to pick against Philly. The, this is the Storm's first time to the Arena Bowl since 2010. The Soul have been there and done that the last couple of years at home. Uh, it's hard for me to pick against them. But can I can I see it going a different way? Of course. Um, the Storm certainly have enough talent and enough firepower. We just talked about Joe Hills and Hippard combo. Um, and it's not like I said, the Storm aren't a one-man team. They have guys you maybe are under the radar. Michael Lambo Lindsay returning kicks and catching balls. Lamarck Brown, Kendrick Ings, playmaker of the year. Um, it, so it's certainly possible. I, I'm going to stick with the soul, though. I'm, I, I have to. 
Okay, that, that, that's fair. You're, you're, you, you've at least got some good rationale, and I can take that. I, I can sleep mm-hmm. tonight accepting that. <laughs> okay. Connor Aikman, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me, Eric. It was a great time. Enjoyed talking hey. with you. Well, that's fantastic. I enjoyed like, doing the show with you as well. We definitely have to have you back on. Sounds great to me. Alrighty, so, if you enjoyed tonight's episode, well, you're in luck because we have another one lined up for tomorrow as we continue our week-long march to the Wells Fargo Center for Arena Bowl 30. But if you're curious about this week in the AFL in general, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, we got you covered no matter what, and... Although you were listening, much appreciated. If you're curious about any other different podcasts, well, go to w2mnet.com. We got wrestling, we got video games, we got soccer, which again, you'll hear me actually going off on a few more people. We also have some great articles, so you name it, you'll be satisfied. And again, one last thanks to Connor Aikman, covering the Tampa Bay Storm. And you listen to This Week in the AFL, and we will see you tomorrow. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.